Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our LinkedIn side space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. This is the Recovering Car Dealer live. You're listening to a recording, my introduction. And uh, I have to tell you that we have a particularly good show today. Uh, let me, uh, let me, uh, say this depends on you if you participate so your calls are what makes this show a good show but what i meant by being a particularly good show is we have um a couple of very interesting callers uh, we have a, a former executive with a, a large auto dealers group that we hope will call in uh, for a, quite an interesting conversation we have an attorney that uh, we've talked to before on this show it's always nice to have a legal uh slant on the show uh, we say a lot of things that I think some people listening wonder, hey, can he say that on the air? I don't mean profanities. I'm talking about accusations of illegality and uh, fair, unfair and deceptive trade practices. We go after the car dealers sometimes pretty hard. We name names. And uh, so I think we walk on the edge. We walk the fine line on Earl Stewart on cars. Most of our regular listeners know that. I have to say to you new listeners that... Uh, You'll never hear another show like ours. And I'm not bragging or patting our, we're not patting ourselves on the back. Uh, we're just saying that there are very few shows, television, radio, online, or any media form, that will tell it like it is. And by that I mean specifics. A particular name of a car dealer or business, uh, the individuals within that dealership, and the actual acts of impropriety or illegality uh, that we find. And we do this in the Mystery Shopping Report um, towards the end of the show, about 9.30. Uh, if you can't catch the first half, please stay tuned, or tune back in, I should say, at 9.30. Now, I don't want to give the idea that this is all about buying cars, certainly not, or leasing cars, certainly not. Uh, we talk about cars in general. Uh, we talk about safety in cars. Uh, recalls are big. Takata airbag recalls are big. We've got a, a particularly interesting story about Takata. Uh, and also how to just operate your car properly. Cars are complicated today. Uh, we have Rick Kearney in the um, studio with us. He's been with us for quite a while. He's been fixing cars for a long, long time. And uh, every day, day that goes by, it gets more complicated to fix a car. I read the newspaper this morning that Hyundai uh, is, uh, is working with, uh, who are they working with? They're working with uh, Uber. Hyundai and Uber are working together to build a flying taxi. Now, if that doesn't get you excited, I mean, a flying taxi. I mean, it's kind of like the Jetsons. Ain't gonna happen.com <laughs> for me. But the, my point being, cars are complex. Maybe we don't hit the flying taxi stage, but we're well on the way toward very complex automobiles, and you're driving some right, right now. So call Rick if you have a question about the operation of your vehicle. I mean, common question, 
my Bluetooth won't work. You know, you got the uh, Apple CarPlay in your car and something's wrong. There's a whole bunch of different type of uh, uh, smartphones out there. Some smartphones just don't work as well. Some manufacturers don't have the Apple CarPlay. Some manufacturers have their own type of, uh, of uh, technology. And it is complicated. So if you have a question, call Rick Kearney. He's the best, I promise you. You will not be able to find a question that Rick can't answer probably. i got to throw that in there. But we have our backup. We have Colonel Google in the uh, studio. And Colonel Google knows all, sees all, and we cannot be stumped because we have the sum total of human knowledge right on our smartphones. The Colonel was here the, the week Rick took vacation. Ah, that's right. <laughs> he, sat, he sat in Rick's chair. And that voice you just heard was my son, Stu Stewart, uh, spy master general. Uh, he operates the uh, secret undercover shoppers that go out every week. You know, we've been doing this for 17 years. When I talk to reporters, people, reporters call me about things in automobile, uh, what's going on, because they know I tell it like it is. I'm not telling you I'm always right. I've been wrong, and I'll be wrong again. But I believe what I say, and I tell the truth. I name names. But when they call me, the thing that impresses them the most, because I say things about car dealers that car dealers don't appreciate. I say to the reporter, you know, every week for 17 years, I've been sending a secret undercover agent out to car dealers in Florida. And I go into the dealership. The undercover agent goes into the dealership, pretends to buy a lease of car. And... We tell it like it actually happened. If the salesman treats the uh, mystery shopper with courtesy, respect, and honesty and transparency, we say so. And we put that car dealership, we name him, we name the car salesperson, and we put it on a recommended list. If he tries to lie, cheat, and steal, and I choose my words sometimes less more carelessly than I should, but if they try to take advantage of the consumer, the car buyer, then we put that on do not buy list. So when I say that to the reporter, they say, ooh, really? Then they Google me, and they go to EarlOnCars.com, they go to Car Shopping Archives, and they tell, they can look at the car shopping reports, and they can see that I did do this. And then they probably could Google a little farther and see that I've never been sued by a car dealer for anything I said on this radio show. So that means I'm telling the truth, because, boy, would they love to sue me. And they've threatened to sue me, but they have not actually sued me. And if they sued me, they would not be successful because I have not told a lie about a car dealer. I might have been misinformed. I might have said something incorrectly, but I didn't do it maliciously. So that's our show. Uh, let's uh, uh, talk about Nancy Stewart, my co-pilot. Nancy is my wife. She's been with me for the whole 17 years. It was just Nancy and me alone uh, uh, 17 years ago. We were only on for half an hour with a different radio station. Uh, we did similar to what we do today, but we got fired because the car dealers ganged up on us in Palm Beach County and said, we're not going to advertise on that car sta on that uh, station, your station anymore, unless you get rid of Earl Stewart. So Nancy and I got fired and we're off the air for about a year. It was about a year and a half. Mm, it was. Anyway, uh, Nancy is our female advocate, and uh, she represents the female point of view, and she single-handedly has brought this radio show up to very close to parity, almost 50-50 with female callers. And the females buy half the cars. They do half the repairs. Uh, I just read the paper today. Do you know that females, for the first time ever, hold more than half the jobs 
in the United States. Females have over half the jobs. So an extremely important uh, part of our economy and our world and our lives. And this is Nancy Stewart. Oh, thank you for the introduction. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yes, uh, we have come a long way, baby since 1920 when we were, well, officially allowed to vote. And oh, ladies... I thought you were talking about the radio show. I didn't <laughs> think it had been that long. Oh. <laughs> I feel that old. Uh, but uh, at any rate, um, boy, I'll tell you what, I can't thank all of you uh, for helping me build the platform here at Earl Stewart on Cars. You've been a big part of it, as you are, in uh, changing how the uh, car business looks at women and this morning the first two new lady callers you can win yourself fifty dollars and uh, <clears throat> you can do something with that fifty dollars uh, at any rate uh, again I, I thank all of you 877-960-9960 and we have a great show ahead of us and you can text us at 772-497-6530 uh, we're going to uh, ask Tina to hold on for a moment and Kirby. Kirby's calling from Oklahoma. We'll be right with you. Yeah, I think let's get right with them. Uh, the calls are the most important. The texts are very important. You've given those numbers out. I'll do it one more time. Then we'll, we'll go to Kirby and then Tina. How's that? 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. Okay, let's go to Kirby in Oklahoma. Welcome to the show, Kirby. Thank you. How can we help you this morning? I had a question about some troubles that I've been having. Okay. I actually, um, the dash lights have been flickering for about a week now, and I've never experienced that before and yesterday I was driving on the interstate doing about 75 and the car just completely shut off hmm. and I lost steering and I had to kind of like drift off to the side of the road Wow scary um, let me uh, what type of a car do you have make year and model a 2009 Hyundai Elantra hmm. I'm gonna ask Rick Kearney or um, consumer expert on mechanics and electronics and cars to uh, answer that question. The first thing I'd be looking at this on for you, Kirby, is uh, obviously it's an electrical issue. I'd be looking at the alternator, possibly not charging properly, because that can cause those dash lights to begin flickering at odd times, and it can definitely cause your car to just suddenly shut down. Um, otherwise, I'd be looking at any of the ground sources from the battery like the negative terminal, the negative cable, where it connects to the body of the car. And this is getting a little complicated, I think, for yeah. a non-tech, but uh, I think she should probably get the car immediately to the dealer. And if it's a Nissan? Uh, a Hyundai. A Hyundai. Yeah, a Hyundai, Hyundai get, it, get it to a Hyundai dealer immediately uh, to have it towed, probably, because it sounds yeah, like that, a dangerous problem. Yeah, because a shutting down issue, this, this sounds like an electrical issue. And to me, my, my first suspect would be the alternator. And we could probably Google that and see if there's any other complaints. Uh, there should be something. If yours is not the only one, typically there'll be some chatter on the, on the Internet about that. And uh, you, you might be able to Google and come up with more, and you'll have more ammunition when you talk to the Hyundai, Hyundai dealer. 
Okay. Well, where's the car now, Kirby? Um, I had it towed to my house. Okay, great. Yeah, I'd call the Hyundai dealer, and I'd ask them to have it towed uh, to their dealership, and uh, and then you you can maybe do some Googling and see if you can come up with some other evidence of problems with that particular year-making model Hyundai and uh, insist that they get it fixed. It's a very dangerous problem. I can't imagine anything more scary than having my car turn off on the interstate when I'm doing 70 or 80 miles an hour. Wow. Frightening. Kirby? Do you think it would um, not be smart to drive it? Because it still starts now, but the battery light's on. Kirby, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd ask for a, a loaner car. Well, the manufacturers are usually receptive when there's a safety issue. And if you go on record, and I would confirm in writing, uh, if they give you any trouble on that, I would ask an email uh, or a text that you are formally asking for a, a loaner for, to replace your Hyundai because it's dangerous. It stops subtly and has come near causing you an accident on the interstate. And being in writing about that, they're more likely to accommodate you with a free loaner. Uh, Stu's got a point. Uh, I have a question. It's a 2009? Yes. Yeah, so it's going to be, I mean, I just want to give you a heads up. It's going to be an uphill battle. I mean, it's because it's probably five years out of war. I don't know how long is the Hyundai warranty. Yeah. Is it an eight-year, I think, uh, 100,000? Uh, Hyundai's actually are uh, five-year, six, five 60,000 bumper-to-bumper for the original owner. And the powertrain warranty is the uh, ten-year, one hundred thousand. But again, that's only the original Power. owner. Yeah. So otherwise, you, it's yeah. five sixty on powertrain. You need to get the service department at the Hyundai dealership to work for you and try and get get some kind of exception made on the on a on a, a warranty claim for this thing. So you you know, start off real nice and see if you can get them, convince them they can talk to their reps and take it up the ladder. Safety is a key word, yeah. Kirby. Uh, safety trumps uh, warranty and things like that. No manufacturer wants to have uh, their company's name uh, on television right. about a problem that caused an, an injury or a death, and they will usually uh, go beyond the warranty to help you with the safety issue. Okay, that's very good to know. Hey, Kirby, um, how long have you been driving a car like that? It just started flickering about a week ago, mm -hmm. and the first time that it just completely shut off was yesterday. Okay. Well, the recovering car dealer has advised you, you know, and I, you know, agree with him. It's a dangerous situation. Um, please stay in touch with us and let us know the outcome. Also, I have, I'm going to ask you, are you a first-time caller? Yes, ma'am. Stay on the line and talk with the producers and uh, they will take care of your contact information. And thank you so much for calling we'll Earl send you Stewart on Cars. We're going to send you $50, Kirby. Thanks very much for the call, and hopefully you can call next week and let us know how everything turned out. Have a great day. Oh, wow. Thank you, too. You're welcome. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Uh, we're going to go to... Uh, I'm going to ask Kathy to be a little more patient, and we're going to go to Tina in Bonita Springs. Good morning, Tina. Good morning. Hey, Tina. And thank you so much to Kirby for being a first-time female caller. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. You called a great station. You called a great show. We need more women like you. 
Anyway, um, I wanted to reprise an old subject that I brought about the first time I called you back in November of 2017. A lot of people are going to be buying cars this month because it's the new year. There's a lot of new deals. And people are also going to be going to not just new car dealers, but used car lots. And I wanted to bring up the subject of spot delivery again and my solution for signing a spot delivery form. Because as you know, when you sign papers to buy a car, you sign two inches worth of papers. It's just unbelievable the amount of paperwork you have to sign to get a car in Florida anyway. But the spot delivery form is like, okay, you take the car home with you today but you might not necessarily get financing right away. So my solution to that, because it can be a big trap, is if the dealer makes you sign a spot delivery form and lets you take the car home right away, say, you know what? Go ahead and keep the vehicle. I will drive my used vehicle home, and you let me know when the financing goes through. That way you don't lose your car. Because some <clears throat> unscrupulous dealers can take your car and dehorse you, as is said in car dealer terms. Yes. That's absolutely right. You know all the uh, vernacular. That's right. Dehorse and spot, and uh, that's what car dealers would do. Uh, One of the things about uh, what your advice is exactly right, what the car dealer may respond when you say, I will not take delivery of the car, um, is that the price is only good for today, and they'll try to Mickey Mouse you and pressure you to take the car purpose being once you take the car uh, you're far less likely to return the car you go home and tell your friends and neighbors and everybody thinks you bought this brand new or newer car and you start bragging about it and the low monthly payment and the next thing you know you get a call from the dealer that says i'm sorry to tell you your financing didn't go through uh, we need to talk to you again come back in when you come back in they want $2,000 more down payment, and your interest rate went from 6% to 12%. Uh, there's any number of reasons they do that, and it's, they're all bad. But uh, the agreement you're talking about is legal term is a rescission agreement, and you sign that un- unknowingly that says that you agree that should your financing not be approved, that you'll bring the car back, and if you don't, they'll charge you 50 cents a mile or some exorbitant amount, and uh, blah, blah, blah. This has been challenged legally in the state of Florida, uh, and there's actually some law now in Florida that says rescission agreements are not legal. Stu? You know, it's actually uh, funny. Well, not funny, haha, but uh, people ask all the time is there a rescission um, uh, provision in Florida when you buy a car? And we always say, no, there isn't. You, once you buy the car, you own it. But, but there is, but it's for the car dealers, not for the consumers. Yeah. And it's questionably legal, but great advice. Uh, no, don't take that car home. And if they tell you the price is only good today, I say, okay, then I'm just not going to buy the car. Really, you hold all the cards, and they want to sell you a car real bad. And say, if you want to sell me the car, you're going to give me uh, uh, a couple days until the car's right, my credit is approved, and everything has been taken care of. The I's are dotted, the T's are crossed. Then I'll pick up that car. And that was very good advice. Thank you, Tina. Yes, thank you, Tina. Yeah, and if, oh, you're welcome. And also, like, the scare tactics you were saying, like, oh, the deal is only good for today, the price will go up tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. That's scare tactics, and you should walk away from that dealer with a clean conscience, saying, you know what? I don't have to listen to anything you say because you're just trying to scare me. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. 
I got one bit of warning. Uh, if you try that tactic and you say, let me take my, my trade-in home and then we'll exchange vehicles when it's all done, they will try to tell you that now the vehicle belongs to them and it's covered under their insurance, not yours. This is not true until the deal's consummated, so you can still drive your car. Not yeah, sure. so the, the operative thing is that yeah, you gotta you gotta just watch what you're signing. If you see a, even if you see a spot delivery form, I would say out of an abundance of caution, if you see a spot delivery form, just get up from the table and walk away right away because you're getting yourself into a trap. Exactly. Yeah, refuse to sign it and have no part of it. Uh, a lot of car dealers, the more reputable car dealers, are not using those anymore, but they still exist and. Uh, uh, just don't let them get away with it. That's a great call, Tina. I really appreciate it. Yeah, that, that definitely is, Tina. And, uh, you know, it's a minefield out there. And uh, you talk about vernacular uh, spot delivery, puppy dog syndrome. Uh, uh, I could may name 100, and everyone would agree with me. So uh, thanks for bringing that to our attention, Tina. And we'll talk to you again. Okay, have a great weekend, everyone. Thank, Thank you. you. You too. You know what I love about Tina? Do you remember a long time ago, we used to actually write an agenda for the show? Or you would write an agenda, a list of topics to talk. We don't do that anymore because we yeah. have all these callers. Yeah. But, but Tina kind of comes in and gives us these great agenda items that we never think of. Yeah. 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 From the past. So thank you, Tina. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Tina. We're going to go to Kathy from Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. How are you? Oh, we're great. What can we do I for you this morning? I kind of have a three-part question. This is my first time calling. Oh, great. Oh, great. Congratulations. And you won yourself $50 you. this morning. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I have a, I have a three-part question. Number one is, first of all, my husband bought a RAV4 from you guys two years ago. He loves it. And it's like, well, when my car is ready to die, I'm going to get one, too. Well, guess what? I have a 23-year-old 1997 Toyota Corolla, ah. <laughs> 154,000 miles, and I, and I was like, when this thing dies, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go over to Earl Stewart and buy a new car. So, yesterday I'm going to Publix at Hood Road there, and I guess I have an oil leak. So it starts smoking, whatever. I called my husband. He came down. We bought a couple of quarts of oil, got it home, and I guess that's what it is. So, number one, what is the best price, Internet versus um, the Costco program? That's my first question. Mm -hmm. My second question is, will you allow anything for a trade-in? Now, this thing, I'm either going to have to have it towed or push or walk in or something. That's my second question. Mm -hmm. My third question is, I have some money that's expiring or it's coming, maturing in, uh, actually, the January 26th is the CD. And so I was going to use that to buy a car. So how do I, for, so the third part of the question is, do you guys finance a car or give it to me or something for two weeks until it expires, or do I just go ahead and take the money out now? Okay, that's a great question. Not a lot of people out there uh, have the similar thoughts in their mind. Uh, Costco, uh, first question, is definitely the best way to get the price on, on a car. And uh, at our dealership and at all car dealerships that are Costco Auto Program members, the rule is that we must sell you the new car of your choice at the lowest price, at a lower price, than we will sell that car to anyone else. 
So our Costco price on a RAV4 or any other um, model we sell, new vehicle, is the lowest price that we have sold it, lower than any price that we've sold it. Um, second part of the trade-in, you have an interesting uh, trade-in that you might not have thought about. It's a it's a very old car, and it might even have a... It's a 97, is that 97, what it is? 97, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, yes, it, it is. it's not currently running right now. It's, it, is, is it an engine went bad, or what happened to it? I, 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 I think it's an oil leak. Yeah. Actually, I know it's an oil leak, because when it started smoking, I pulled up into public. And some lady said, your car is smoking, get out, it's going to cut fire, whatever. And I'm like, uh-oh. Is, so um, my husband came, and I'm sorry. And we put some oil in it, and, and we drove it home, and it smoked all the way home. So it's actually in my parking lot now. So I can't drive it without either having it towed, having it fixed, which is probably going to be over 1000 bucks. So my, anyway, so what were the bottom line on is I'm 154000 Yeah. In in running, you know, in good running condition, it's you know, it could be worth fifteen hundred dollars um, around that. I mean, they do hold their values. You don't see too many twenty three year old cars, you know, on the road right now that's worth that much. Uh, not running, it really depends on what's uh, what, what's causing the problem. And if it's a, if the engine's about to go, it's it's not worth that. It's worth something though. Uh, well, my worth, my comment yeah. was a ninety seven car is a, is a very low mileage is unique. There aren't too many cars that that old that have. You know, low mileage like that, and it's too expensive. It's not a major problem. Then people will pay more money yeah. for that. A retail probably around four thousand. I mean, yeah. yeah, I would. Uh, we we would shop your car uh, once you decided you wanted to trade it or wanted to see what you could get for the trade-in. We'd probably you could check it yourself with Carvana. We buy any car com, CarMax, uh, and Auto AutoNation will buy a car over the curb. There's a lot of sources now. For buying cars, and you're 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 on the verge of almost being a collector's car, a uh, you know, a 1997. Uh, it's not quite there yet, but uh, you know, 20 year old is an antique, and uh, uh, actually, might, it's, th it's 30 now. 30 has yeah. gone to 30, uh, and that and to go to your last uh, question about the CD, uh, if all your investment and your savings are in CDs, uh, certainly. Um, I, my car dealership and most car dealerships would be, be glad to wait for two weeks or whatever it was until your CD matured and, uh, if you wanted to pay cash. Uh, uh, if you have other investments, you'll probably find that the, uh, with good credit, you'll probably find that the interest rate to finance a new car today is so low that you can earn a better return uh, in stocks and bonds um, than you would with the cost of the car loan. It's, uh, car loan rates and interest rates in general are still at historical lows. In 1997, when you buy, if you bought that car new, the interest rate to finance the car would probably have been 6 or 7%, and now it's about half that. So you might consider financing it and keeping your money invested. Hey, Kathy, does the air blow cold in the car still? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's, it's great. Everybody... It's a wonderful car. Yeah, we would shop your car uh, with other sources and try to find out uh, once we determine the actual problem yeah. and uh, try to maximize the trade-in. Yeah. Just looking at auction, I mean, I'm looking at auction transactions on it, and it runs anywhere from 800 to a little over 2,000. 2,000, um, they're, they're so, under 100,000. So do I tow it into your dealership and use that as a down payment on it? Actually, I'm going to be buying a new Camry from you guys. Sure, uh, you can do that. But, or, you know, we'll, 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 we'll have it towed in for you. Um, and uh, 
you oh, should. Oh, you will. Oh, sure. And you should shop uh, other car dealers' uh, prices. But as I say, the Costco price, uh, you won't find a legitimate price lower than Costco. Okay, so I should I should come in and tell you about my car, and if we come to some sort of a deal, then you will arrange to have it towed in, number one, and yeah. then you, we come up with a price sure. off the price of the Camry? That's what we'll do. Okay, and then also, I, I'm not going to be financing the car. It'll be cash. Right. That's wise. Uh, so... So, again, I was going to say I don't want to finance it, but there again, you know, can I buy the car today? And then just with the understanding that I guess you'll be getting your money on the 26th of January or whenever I can free up the money. Sure. Or do you do that? Yes, we do that, yes. So, because I know when my husband got his car two years ago, I think he, the same thing. He had to, he had some money in, I guess, a CD also, but it was... He had to, it took like two or three days for him to get the cash, but he actually got the car. Mm -hmm. But do you guys wait, would you wait for like the 26th, which is... Yes, we will. And and I I want to encourage you to shop and compare uh, prices and trade-in allowances with other Toyota dealers. And, uh, you know, I I get a little bit nervous when it seems like I'm selling a car on the air (laughs) because uh, we are a... A consumer advocacy show and we don't try to sell cars and there's uh, you know, in our market area we have Palm Beach Toyota we have uh, Delray Toyota a Southern 441 Toyota Treasure Coast Toyota there's a bunch of Toyota dealers so uh, get get uh, the price from my dealership and compare it with the prices from all the other dealerships uh, it's, we don't uh, you know we we want you to get the best price, and if another car dealer can come up with a lower price, they should have the opportunity. Just be careful of hidden dealer fees and this sort of thing. But uh, you don't ever want you don't ever want to buy a car and just talk to one car dealer. Competition is what keeps car dealers honest, and you have to do that whenever you buy a new or used car. And thank you very much for right. for the call. I really uh, I really okay. appreciate it. It's something that everybody would have asked, and uh, you're a first time caller. Yes, she is. And you're gonna, we're going to give you $50 cash, and you're going to stay on the line. Nancy will tell you how to do hey, that. Hey, Kathy, um, sure. what a great call. Okay, great. A great call, right? Uh, it's a great yeah. call because uh, you called and you won $50. It's a great call because you just got all kind of great free information. So yes, stay in touch with us and stay on the line, and you can talk to the producer. He'll take care of your contact okay. information. And spread the word, please. We're trying to build a platform here for the ladies. Okay. Okay, let's see how we're doing, Shelly. We got any texts coming in? Uh-huh. Yes, we do. We always do. Oh, good. What were you about to say, Nancy? 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We have a great mystery shopping report coming up from Mercedes-Benz of Delray, and, of course, our couple of phone calls that'll be coming in so don't go anywhere Stu is going to enlighten you with all of the text messages that are flowing in you know we got a really interesting one uh, that came in we we're talking about it right before the show started uh, that was uh, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about Carvana and somebody asked us if uh, drive time that's that uh, that used car chain in Florida if they had anything to do with uh, Carvana and we said it didn't but we were we were corrected and we verified it. We asked Colonel Google, and it says, the texture says, great show. Again, uh, last week, uh, two weeks ago, um, got caught up on them 
yada, yada, yada. Okay, a texture said, uh, asked if DriveTime owns Carvana. We said no. However, that texture was correct. DriveTime is the majority owner in, of, of Carvana. And we looked it up. It is That is true. Well, wait, there's more. There is more. The um, operator of Carvana, uh, and I lost the guy's name. I think it was Carlos. I can't remember the last name. Is a uh, He's the majority shareholder of Carvana, runs DriveTime. I don't know if he owns it. Uh, but he is he's part of history he's a uh, convicted felon uh, involved in the keating scandal uh, if, you, if you guys remember back in the i think it was late 80s maybe early 90s there was a banking scandal i think uh, john mccain a senator late senator john mccain was involved and uh, a lot of people went to jail and uh, apparently uh, uh, this guy was one of them <laughs> so he was the he's a ceo of drive time Correct. Yeah. Well, it says operator, and I lost my uh, my Google search page that I was looking at. Yeah. So one of the uh, well, let's find his name because uh, in Florida, uh, car dealers are not allowed to be convicted felons. If uh, you're an auto manufacturer and you want Rick Kearney to uh, sell your Hondas for you, and Rick applies for a franchise. If you found out that Rick was a convicted felon, which he is not, by the way, uh, I don't think any of us are, uh, or if we are, we won't admit it. Yeah, this is but, a series uh, of you cannot be a car dealer in Florida if you're a convicted felon. Now, it's interesting that the CEO of uh, Drive Time, which is a large chain of used car dealerships, is a convicted felon. Now, I don't know what his role is. So the CEO of Drive Time is Don Reese. Oh. And but a, I think the majority shareholder is Ernest Garcia, and that's the guy that went to uh, went to jail there with, uh, back with the Keating. Huh. Okay, so yeah. the majority shareholder uh, is nothing about owning stock. You can own stock, you just can't run the place. So the majority shareholder of uh, Drive Time is a convicted felon, and Drive Time owns the uh, control of Carvana. Correct. Yeah, that's kind of scary. I think we may have broke, broken some big news here. Yeah. Stu did uh, in his research. But uh, you folks out there in the media, you ought to play with this a little bit. Now, I'm not saying that a convicted felon can't be a good guy, an honest guy. I mean, I'm a recovering car dealer. I'm not a felon, but I did some pretty bad things back in the day, and I am recovering, and I don't do that anymore. So I'm an example of a bad guy that became a good guy, and the this person who Stu's is frantically searching yeah, for no, his name. I found it, and um, it's, it's strange. Okay, so the Forbes article, and Forbes is a reputable uh, yes. uh, a journalism source. Uh, so it says, today, Garcia operates Drive Time Automotive, the fourth biggest used car retailer in the country. Yeah. And he is separately the biggest shareholder of Carvana. Um, but when I, another search, it said that Drive Time was the, was the owner in Carvana. So, uh, yeah, the guy's uh, doing very well. He's worth $2.5 billion, and... Yes, he's a, a former, uh, former. Uh, well, I guess you're not, you're not a former felon. You're a, you're a felon forever, right? You don't get yeah. to lose the. Uh, he's a recovering convicted felon. Yeah, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that would qualify if he went to court and had his civil rights restored. Yeah, yeah. At, at that uh, point, I, they may take the the felon and make it ex felon. I don't think they do that. I think having your civil rights restored mean you can vote. Mm -hmm. again uh, civil rights but civil rights don't include being a car dealer that's a business right True. and yep. if he if he did have his civil rights restored it would probably be in the Forbes article anyway uh, we've he's doing great I mean drive times all over the place yeah. Carvana we gave him good reports Carvana, yeah. drive time got good reports Carvana's got good reports <laughs> just thought everybody should know about Garcia we don't have his first name do we 
Uh, yeah, we do. It's Ernest Garcia. Ernest. And I believe his son's involved, too. There's Ernest Garcia III as well. Ernest Garcia and Ernest Garcia III. Right. The second kind of like, and the third. Kind of like Earl Stewart, the second, and Earl Stewart the third. But you're junior, and I'm the third. Yeah. Uh, Ernest Garcia the second and yeah. Ernest Garcia the third. Okay. The junior is the second, of course. Yeah, but they're actually, they call it two. He's got two, ah. uh, Roman numeral two. Okay, let's move along. We've uh, beat that to death. <laughs> it was a good one, I We thought. have cleared up uh, that Rick is not a felon, so that, that, that was a good point. Rick Kearney is definitely <laughs> not, not a convicted a felon. felon. But nope. what, you left Jonathan out. What, uh, what are we going to do? We don't know anything about Jonathan. <laughs> we just met him. Rick was found several not years guilty. Ago. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm still in the program. <laughs> okay, uh, this is from Steve in New Jersey. Uh, Steve says, hi, Earl. This is Steve from New Jersey. I have a situation that you may not have addressed on your program before. I'm seriously considering the purchase of a 2020 uh, factory order Volvo station wagon. The dealer has offered to provide a similar 2019 car for a full day to test drive. I'm not sure if this is a used car on their lot or a c customer loaner car from their service department. If my wife's okay with it and we agree on the price, I will factory order the 2020 model to my specs. Uh, the issue is liability insurance. My insurance company said my existing car policy would only cover the test drive car if I signed a rental agreement with the dealer. If they just loan the car to me, my insurance company said the owner of the dealer's car is liable. Have you encountered this in the past? P.S. I get a no-cost consumer loaner from my Lexus dealer each time I leave my car at the shop. In the future, I will need to verify insurance responsibility. Also, I'm more concerned if people are injured in the test car, not the potential damage to the car. Well... Car dealers are protected on, on a loaner when you have the vehicle of the customer in your possession, like you're repairing it in the shop or if you're holding it, contemplating sale. Uh, as far as your protection, uh, I'm not sure what covers you. I know what covers the dealer. Yeah. Uh, I think your possibly your homeowner's insurance might even cover you on something like that. Uh, I do know that the rental agreement is something that if I loan you a car and do not have your car within my company's possession and I loan you the car, uh, I have to have a rental agreement right. signed according to my insurance company. Right. But as far as your protection, I, I believe it's under your homeowner's policy. Yeah, I'm not clear on that. I'm not I'm sure not about either. that. I do know that if we if somebody takes a vehicle overnight and they leave their car with us that goes um, on, a, on a rental agreement, they're not charged. We, yeah. we'll, we'd pay for it. But um yeah. I think you should check with your insurance company because every insurance company is a little different. And if, if you're with Allstate, just post a question to the Allstate agent, and that's the way you, you should abide by that. Yeah. Got a great question on Facebook. Uh, Karen says, just curious, why would a car dealer sign up for the Costco car program when there's hardly any profit made from doing so? <laughs> yeah, you know, that is such a good question. Uh, you got to be in the game, that's why. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, the answer, sadly is that the car dealers, a lot of the car dealers that do sign up for it don't abide by the rules. Uh, Costco, one of my complaints about Costco, and I love Costco, Nancy and I shop there all the time, and it's one of the greatest retail stores any place. And they're honest, they're transparent, and they do so many good things. I have to preface it before I say that what, what they don't do is they subbed out their auto buying program. Costco themselves, are not the auto buying program. It's just another company. The Affinity it's, Group. The name is what? The Affinity Group. Affinity, I think. Yeah. The Affinity Group. And the Affinity Group is not really good about enforcing the rules with the car dealers that are approved by Costco. So the car dealers that are approved are not audited. They're not 
inspected, they're not mystery shopped, they're not held to the high level of integrity that they should be. So a lot of the Costco dealers do not abide by the rules. And that's the answer to your question. Why would you sign up for the Costco program? I can tell you this because we do abide by the rules. Uh, I've actually had... Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I've had discussions with my sons and my wife who are involved with the dealership. And they say, why are we in the Costco program? Because we sometimes actually lose money on a car. Or sometimes oh, yeah. we sell a car that we would we could sell for more money. We're, we're losing money. Yeah. Uh, not on all of it. It depends on the yeah. model. But it depends on the model. Exactly. The other, my big problem with it yeah. is, listen, it's you know there is benefit to a, a dealerships just for volume. So you you sell a certain amount of cars and the factory yeah. rewards you. It gets complicated, but but, I, but the one yeah. price thing that's what bothers me. Yeah. And I just and you have to uh, like I said you got to you have to be in the game. Costco yeah. offers a great pr- yeah. Service. So the so the bottom line is this. Check with your Costco uh, dealer that's certified. Watch yourself carefully. Watch him carefully. Be sure that you deal with the Costco. uh, Number one, be sure you go online and register with Costco so they know who you are and what you're doing. You get the dealer that's approved. They will give you the name of the member that's an approved Costco uh, person. When you go into the Costco dealership, be sure you look at the Costco member prices. Costco member prices will give you what the price discount should be on the car that you're buying. And they will also have disclosure of what additional charges there are, they should, about dealer fees, we call them hidden fees, and dealer installed accessories. Once you have, you know, identified all those potential mines in the minefield, then you can buy from a Costco dealer. Uh, and they will try very hard to flim-flam you, switch to do another car, or add hidden fees, or add dealer install accessories. Yep. So Michael sent us a text and also asked us on Facebook, has a question about lifetime warranties. He says, Earl, um, how does Toyota car dealerships provide a lifetime warranty on Toyotas? Is there a hidden fee in the price that the average consumer doesn't know about? I see this at select dealerships such as Fort Pierce and Southern 441. And full disclosure, uh, we do too. So yeah. you can address that. Yeah, that's a, I, I, I love questions because I love embarrassing questions. And you just embarrassed me a little bit. Uh, the uh, lifetime warranties are not good warranties. They're powertrain warranties. Powertrain covers only the lubricated portions of the vehicle. And if you abide by the owner's manual recommendation, the those portions, the powertrain, fails once in a lifetime it just they just don't fail so the cost and value of a powertrain warranty is very low that's the reason they can afford to give it to you free uh we did a survey at my dealership here's the embarrassing part we did a survey at my dealership and we've we asked our customers among uh, different things what they considered very important that would induce them to buy a toyota and we found out that high on the list was free Lifetime powertrain warranties. The highest. It was the, the top. Number one. It was perceived value. Yeah. What do you think is worth the most? Yeah. Yeah. And so the perceived value of these of these uh, powertrain warranties is high. So we begin offering them free too because uh, it costs us nothing. Uh, we think that uh, we do this because it's a business purpose. Uh, we also offer uh, free tires as with your if you have all your 
practically recommended maintenance done with us. And we have customers actually come in, rather than opt for the free tires, they take the free powertrain warranty. Oftentimes, this is because they live way, way away, and they can't come all the way. If they live in Jacksonville, they don't want to come to my dealership in North Palm Beach to have their tires rotated and balanced, so they, they opt for the free lifetime warranty. That is uh, a source of uh, concern to me, and uh, it was a great question, and I hope a lot of people understand that. The free lifetime powertrain warranty, and they don't say powertrain, they just say free lifetime warranty, is worth very little. It's worth uh, like a dinner. Maybe. Right. Huh. Yeah. A nice dinner. Yeah. Right. At McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, probably worth, you know, I mean, what, what dealer costs sometimes would be as low as $50, okay. $75, $100. PGI bucks, Fridays. So. <laughs> right. With, 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 with drinks. Right. And appetizers. Oh, you yeah. got One to round of drinks. drinks. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, no you're listening to Earl Stewart on Cars, and uh, you are an important part of the show. So give us a call or text us that... Uh, Toll-free number is 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And, uh, Stu, I'm going to share a text before you go on. Uh, I, I think this is really important. And uh, Carla uh, asks, when will Alan be back? I miss him talking about insurance. Mm. Alan doesn't. Alan has the stage fright, and Alan, uh, he comes on the show and he's warm, and he's uh, he's just, he's such a interesting, happy, love, lovable yeah. figure, extremely knowledgeable. But you know, there are people that just don't enjoy being on the radio. He doesn't know how good he is. He doesn't know how good he is. Yeah. I think what you if you would if you would uh, email us and text us and tell us how much you love Alan, we will show these to Alan and we will beg him to appear on the show more more often. We'll yeah, do a petition. Uh, yeah, a pi- right. <laughs> I mean, a, a, cam- a cameo appearance, you know. Alan is our collision shop manager, and he knows so much about insurance companies and about body repair damage, and he is a fountain of information, and we'd love to have him back. I wonder if Jonathan can figure out how to, like, Skype Alan into the show. Like, he can s- Alan could be in his office in the body shop. Oh, God, you know, he doesn't want to be on video either. <sighs> Maybe we could that do like a, more have than a Memoji avatar, you know, where they, you know, like your iPhone. It doesn't. It looks like you, but it's a cartoon. Yeah, we should do that. Hey, maybe if you wore a hood, or or just any or a funny mask. He likes to dress up. Yeah, funny mask. He yeah. showed up at, at the dealership dressed up as a um, old timey sheriff one day. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> okay, let's move on. And, and, and it was not Halloween. <laughs> All right. Uh, that was a luxury of it. Yeah, uh, Car- Carla, as far as uh, Alan is concerned, he just doesn't realize how he has dazzled uh, the audience. Uh, and he doesn't realize that he informs uh, so many about insurance. And the reason is because he feels so passionate about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe we should go with Stu's idea and yeah. uh, we'll get a petition signed. Yeah, a grassroots movement to bring Alan back on the air. <laughs> he can't say no to that. All right, the next one Rick sent, sent to me. I guess he wanted to give me the pleasure of reading this. Uh, this is from YouTube, right? Uh, it is. It's from Tim somewhere in Florida. Uh, when you mystery shop, are there beautiful women throwing rose petals on the ground in front of you? I think Earl also throws money up in the air as he walks around. Is this true? I don't know. I, I've never seen you do that. No, I've uh, I once flipped, I once flipped a quarter and I lost it. Okay, <laughs> I think they're trying to picture like a scene from Coming to America. Mm-hmm. All right, it's a flashback. It I could throw, be. It could be. Yeah. I throw rose petals around. 
But, uh, yes, you do, and that is true. And it, uh, and it's, yeah. it, it's to celebrate the recovering car dealer's birthday. That's right. Yeah. Rose petals everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> I was worried about the carpet, but they came up pretty <laughs> yeah. clean. Yeah. Okay, the next one, this is from youranonymousfeedback.com, which we didn't talk about yet today. Uh, you can send in your comments or questions, and nobody can know who you are. It's it, completely encrypted, totally anonymous, youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, hello, Earl. Love the show, but I have a bit of a criticism to share from your last show. You and the crew were talking about alloy reels, alloy wheels, sorry, and Rick was expanding the talk with more info about the wheels, and you got a little short with him and shut down his thought. Mm-hmm. And I was really interested in hearing the rest of what Rick was saying. What's up with that, Anonymous? Well, let me, uh, let me apologize. And again, you've, you've got the Mr. Total Transparency. Rick has a tendency every now and then to go into great detail on things. And when you're, when you're as smart as Rick and you know everything about cars, and I'm not being facetious, he knows more about cars than anybody I know. So he's an expert on just about everything with an automobile. And the question about the alloyed wheels had been answered, and we only have two hours on the show, and we have a mystery shopping report. So I'm the coach. I have to kind of manage things. And every now and then, I have to cut somebody off. It could be Stu. It could be Rick. It could be Nancy. Uh, and I even cut myself off because I start to ramble and I slap myself in the face and say, we got a show to do. No, that's me. I sl- I'm, slap- I'm slapping Nancy in the face. Nancy myself. <laughs> but out of concern for what you said, st- do you remember it, Rick? Do you remember where I uh, unplugged your microphone? <laughs> <laughs> nope, don't remember that part. But <laughs> for my own side of it, though, I, I absolutely do get carried away at times. I... I want to share my knowledge, yeah. but I get carried away. Yeah. And when someone gives me the high sign, hey, calm down a little bit, settle down there, Turbo, I take it as a total grain of salt. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, yep, yeah. I need to back off. And that's, you know, yeah. sometimes it's just, just way. constructive it gets, criticism. It gets his, I get excited. He gets in his truck and he cries all the way home. But, <laughs> but no, listen, uh, Rick, uh, what about the alloy wheels? What can you tell us about alloy wheels that we should know? Uh, I think we pretty well covered them last week pretty yeah. well. Uh, about the only other thing I might add is with steel wheels, they're sometimes easier to repair. I've I've actually straightened bent steel wheels and brought mm-hmm. them back to true, yeah. whereas an alloy wheel has to be either replaced or fixed by a professional company. Yeah. Yeah. You went over a lot of detail about the yeah. expense, about maintaining yeah. them. You know. I, I, thought, I thought we covered it pretty well on yeah. them. Okay, yeah. next Okay, the next one is also from youranonymousfeedback.com. Earl, two years ago, someone recommended that you seek out Steve Leto and Steve Richards as possible guests for your show. Uh, Did you reach out to these gentlemen? Long time ago, you expressed interest in having out-of-state mystery shoppers. Is that still a serious consideration? And if so, what kind of individual are you looking for? Uh, Thank you all. Okay, uh, to be honest, we have not seeked out Steve Leto or Steve Richards. We should. And uh, I apologize for that. Uh, I will assign this to Stu to reach out to these two gentlemen and see uh, exactly what their platform is and how they can help the listeners and watchers to Earl on Cars. I apologize. Uh, The second part of that question was, uh, what was that, Stu? Uh, The second part of the question was... um, out-of-state mystery shoppers. Oh, out-of-state mystery. Uh, we do have some out-of-state mystery shoppers. We have to be careful. We control our local mystery shoppers. Uh, they're employed by us, uh, and uh, we can 
double check the facts and be sure we're getting accuracy. It's very important that we have accuracy because you've heard me earlier say how we name names. We call uh, car dealers criminals that have committed crimes and we we call car dealers liars when they lie. We do some pretty serious stuff. So we got our neck stuck out a country mile and we, we have to be sure the information is accurate. To rely on shoppers that we don't know from other states to send us information, how do we know that those shoppers are not just mad at a car dealer or trying to set us up for or a lawsuit? Or a competitor of another car dealer. Exactly, yeah. that's probably more likely than anything. So uh, we're a little bit reluctant to put a lot of faith and reliability and pass along, certainly not naming names of dealers. But if you're out of state and you have an experience with a dealer, uh, we would be glad to relate it uh, on this show, but we would have to yeah. have the caveat and the disclosure that we cannot verify exactly right. what you're saying. Exactly. Okay, we have another one. It's a little bit long, uh, but I think we can get through it. Um, this is from youranonymousfeedback.com. Earl, I'm a car shopping helper, and I've been selling cars for four years now. It is tough. I was dismissed from my first employer due to poor sales performance. It was difficult for me to hook the customers with buddy-buddy sweet talk, fake promises, and low finance promises even for credit challenge folks. I personally didn't handle the credit lookup, but I'd read back the results and promise low financing. At my current, and low is in quotes, at my current employer, it is not quite so aggressive. I sell four cars a week. So far, management has not, um, has not told uh, me that I can't do what I do, and that is show people all the call cars they want to see um, and always talk, uh, talk towards the low trim level because these typically have 80 or 90% of the bells and whistles that I hear people ask for. Now, some higher trim levels do, in fact, appeal to, the, to many, and I stress they should be gauged um, added to the cost, taken directly from the Moroni label versus their assessment of what the added features could co should cost. A lot of people don't like that and leave the lot and, ha and I make no sale. I feel better and worse about that all the t at the same time. I helped them, but I didn't help myself um, either to a higher paycheck so that I can tuck away more money for my children's college education. I'm considering leaving the business to take on a new career. My wife likes the extra money from the sales. I do as well, but I can't do it in the manner I need to get the commission. I feel that I need to work at a place where the main purpose is to help, such as Batteries Plus, Hobby Lobby, or Ikea. For all the car shoppers, listen up. My current and past employers hate competition. If a, sales go, if a sale goes south, my manager demands to know who the other dealership is that won the business and by how much, um, by how much money. Um, a dealer's quote to you is exactly that. It is a quote prepared for you and not another dealer. In my opinion, if you're asked who won your business, then it's up to you if you care to share that. However, I consider it unprofessional if someone takes a quote that I prepared and dangles it in front of the competition. I prepared that for you, not them. My manager doesn't like it either, but he wants to know everyone else's quotes. Crazy standards. Uh, that's very interesting. I've never heard of a job description like that within a car dealership. And uh, the fact that you say you sell four cars um, a day. A week. A week. Uh, well, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, pretty good. Above average. Uh, and I, I think the, the way I look at your text is you're having difficulty with your ethics and morality uh, standards and the dealer's ethics and morality standards. Um, I, I understand that. Yeah. And I, I think there are a lot of car salespeople that are in your bucket and they don't last in the business. That's the reason uh, yeah. there's such high turnover among car salespeople. I, I do have a comment. I do take an issue with the last part of the uh, yes, comment. And that is, 
um, preparing a quote for a customer and having them use that to shop at better price. Yeah. Uh, that's I think that's a we all think this is a basic right of any consumer is to be able to compare prices. So if you prepare a quote for somebody, um, you got to give them your best shot, yeah. and then and and it's got to play out how it's going to play out. This is uh, something that is the hardest thing for any car dealer or any businessman whether you're whether you're building houses or whether you're uh, selling roofs or lawns or refrigerators every retailer uh, that sells any product they don't like the idea of their price they'll give you their best price they don't like the idea of you taking it to their competition and it goes on worldwide it's only natural uh, we're unique in uh, the fact that we uh, we don't stop that. We, you know, we like it when somebody comes in and buys a car from us just because they want to buy. But we, we feel better about it because we do afford them the right. And I, to be honest, I'm not sure how many of our salespeople, we've got 30 salespeople, uh, that actually say to the customer like we want them to, here's our price. It's our best price, and you should take this price and shop it with the competition. To be honest with you, I don't think a lot of our salespeople do that. Uh, that's what we want them to do, but I don't think they really do that. It's very hard for any retailer to, with gusto and enthusiasm, say, take my price and try to do better. Because the fact of the matter is, there's a pretty good chance if they're smart and tough and they are careful, they can do better. People love to beat the price of their competitors. And that's the reason we say to you out there, now, competition is your friend. Never buy a car without shopping and comparing the price, even if the car dealer is a friend of yours. Even if you know that car dealer and you bought five cars from him, don't fall into the uh, habit of buying that car from him. You have to keep that car, this is the phrase, I don't like it, keep the car dealer honest, okay? Same with insurance companies. We talked about Alan Napier earlier. If you've been buying Allstate insurance for 25 years, you're paying too much. You need to go to State Farm and Geico and find out a lower price, and you'll probably get it. Competition is your friend. And then Allstate will come back around and lower your premium. Yes. yes. That's how it works, yeah. Um, and, and the most important thing is, I mean, it sounds you know, like a simple uh, thing to do, but it's not because most car dealers will not give you an out-the-door price that's worth right. anything that you can shop with. So right. that's the first thing. <laughs> you got to get that totaled up with everything, and they'll that's, that's easy. They'll say, that's my best price, but if you beat it, come back, and I'll give you a lower price. Yeah. So there's a contradiction like, right there. What, what, is that, uh, <laughs> what is that term in logic that make, make, means it makes no oh, sense? You know, <laughs> you know the, I just had a flashback to my evil days. I'm going back to the 70s and 80s. Here's what I used to do. And uh, talking to a, a customer would come in, and they say, is this your best price? I said, no. I said, but I'll tell you what, I'll beat any price that you do because I will give you the lowest price. Then I'll take out my business card, and I'll write down a price on the business card. I didn't really write a price, but it looked like I was writing a price. And then the c customer would go like this, and I would take the price, and I'd put it in my pocket. And i say, here's the price. So after you've shopped around with all the car dealers, you come you back in. door number three to look behind. And I will give you <laughs> this lowest price. And boy, did that work. That worked. Because no, when they came back, they had a price. 
and then I would take out another card and I'd write a little lower price on there and I'd show it to them and I'd sell them the price. Uh, all the dealers listening right now just wrote that down. Great idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> we got to do that. <laughs> Next. Right. Uh, this is from Steve. Uh, it says, hi, uh, Steve. Uh, I recently shopped uh, two dealerships uh, for the same brand that are owned by the same person. I asked for an out-to-door price from their Costco-sponsored uh, from their Costco-sponsored dealer, and the other, which is not affiliated with Costco, each had my identical build sheet. The Costco price from the Costco sales rep um, um, was quoted in writing at over four thousand dollars more than the non-Costco dealer. <laughs> this was uh, for a factory order car. It always pays to shop around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Excuse me for a moment. I'm going to interrupt you uh, to uh, John, who's been holding from Palm City. Uh, we'll be right with you. And also, uh, Justin Lynn has announced that he's up and making coffee, and he's getting ready to call in. So you have all that to look forward to. Yeah, the, on the Costco issue where the one Costco dealer owned by the same dealership is a, a non-Costco dealer, the, the non-Costco dealer gave a $4,000 better price. The not uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's called lying, cheating, and stealing. And Costco, attention Costco, letter blank program, your dealers are doing this. And you need to audit, you need to check in a mystery shop. You can have the best pro program in the world and the, and the tightest rules in the world. But if your car dealers don't pay any attention to it, what's the point? And we've talked with some pretty high Costco executives or um, the company that... Uh, uh, Costco uses, and they said they're going to look into it, but they don't because their revenue comes from the car dealers. Car dealers pay Costco auto buying program, and they affinity group. They get paid, and if they enforce the rules too rigorously, the dealers will say, "To heck with it! I I'm not going to be part of the program. I'm not going to write you a check out every month." So that's the truth. Now let's get to John. <laughs> hey, good morning, John. Thanks for waiting. How you doing? Still with us, John, or do we keep you waiting too long? John from Palm City, are call, you there? Call back, John. He's probably Please, getting, John. A cup, he's getting a cup of coffee. We apologize. That was my fault. I just got a yakking. I couldn't control myself. Uh, I couldn't reach. I was going to unplug your microphone, but I couldn't reach. The table's <laughs> too big. There you go. Right. Hey, um, this is a text from Tony, and Tony asks, what vehicles has the most recalls? And, uh, Tony, off the top of my head, I'm going to say Dodge Durango, uh, but I know there are a few. Uh, probably Mercedes? I would say Honda. They, Honda sells a whole lot of cars, and they have the highest number of Takata airbag recalls, so that would give them uh, I'd say ask Colonel Google. Okay. And, and by the way, how did you come up with Colonel Google? Was that just... Epiphany. On the fly? Epiphany. Colonel Google? Yeah. <laughs> I have these things come into my head. The older I get, the more epiphanies I have. You don't like General Google oh, better? Geez. <laughs> Accord <laughs> According to carcomplaints.com, the three worst vehicles for customer complaints, now this isn't actually recalls, but customer complaints, no. is the 2002 Ford Explorer, the 2003 Hon Honda Accord, and the 2011 Hyundai Sonata. Thank you. Now, uh -huh. the question was uh, recalls. Yes, recalls. And I'm not and sure down. if we're talking about uh, percentages. Mercedes. Yeah, that, Mercedes? That, that's what I thought, Mercedes. Uh, yeah, I, the most recalls. There's no way I could know that. That was from Colonel Google, of course, uh, yeah. Mercedes. Uh, and it was the actually Mercedes-Benz C-Class, followed by the GMC Sierra. Yeah, the BMW 3 and 4 Series, Dodge Durango, and the Nissan Pathfinder. That's probably a percentage. I doubt very seriously if they have more absolute recalls than Honda. 
Well, I can drill down into that, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so, Tony, I hope we uh, answered your question. We'll finish up on that later. We're going to go to John, who's called back. Good morning, John. Hey, John. I think we're having, maybe we're having uh, technical problems. Maybe John is still. Okay. Well, we have Justin Lynn calling at 9.15, so uh, hopefully uh, things will be All better. Right. Well, I'll jump to text while waiting for John to call back or we get the phones fixed, whatever is going on. We don't know. Uh, referencing a discussion, this is a good one, refer referencing last week's discussion about the scum that collects on the inside of your windows from off-gassing. As an old detailer, I've got a tip on removing it. Do not get any expensive window cleaner. The most popular stuff changed its formula a few years ago, and it streaks. Get yourself a gallon of the cheap, straight blue windshield wiper fluid. Just the cheap blue stuff. A couple of bucks a gallon has a lot of alcohol and dries almost instantly. Hmm. Uh, get a dollar, score, a dollar store spray bottle, spray and wipe, and repeat again. Easy as pie. Wow. A windshield cleaner. Yeah, I'm, doing, I'm doing that today. That's very good. Well, thank you very much. We'll try that. And uh, if you're going to – one of you guys really do it today, and then we can report back. Yeah, I, I need to do it. I'm, yeah. I'm, it's really annoying. I experience it all the okay. time, and it's happening to my windshield right very now. Good. All right, Anne-Marie texted us. Good morning. In the old days when everything was analog, it was easy enough for anyone to switch out batteries, radios, or other instrumentation. Nowadays, the whole car is computerized. Is it still possible for the average person to swap out a battery or radio or anything else without messing up any of the onboard computers? Thanks, Anne-Marie. What do you think, Rick? Um, one more time, Stu. Um, can an average person today like swap out a, a radio or, or, or do their own battery? Some of these simple operations that people have done you know, for 100 years with all the computers, do you mess things up when you do that? Batteries, quick and simple, no worries there. Uh, installing a radio anymore, much more complicated because a lot of radios, especially in the newest cars, are more integrated with the various systems in the car. Uh, air conditioning and a lot of that runs through the radio. So those I'd be a little more concerned with. All right, very good. Did we get Jonathan back? I mean, John back? <coughs> no, we haven't. No, okay. All right, so we have an anonymous feedback uh, question. And I think we, this is going to be very relevant today. It says, good morning, Earl. Have you heard about the Subaru and the other um, um, car recalls on Takata airbags? The 2015 Takata exploding front and side airbags on Subaru were replaced with new defective exploding front and side airbags on Subaru. Uh, now, is, now Subaru is recalling them all again. Yeah, I, I did hear about that. Um, I was very encouraged because last night Nancy and I were watching the evening news, local news, uh, WPTV, and they were talking a lot about it. And I said, this is refreshing to see that someone's actually talking about Takata airbags again. So this morning I got my newspapers. I subscribed to a lot of newspapers, USA Today, uh, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Palm Beach Post, and none of this was mentioned in any of the newspapers. So I think it was a, a local fluke that they care about this, but the news is simply that uh, we've reached a stage now where airbags that were replaced are being replaced again. Uh, they didn't have the good airbags, the safe airbags, when Takata first became a problem. They knew they were defective. They would explode sometimes on impact and kill or maim people in the cockpit of the car. So they started putting in Takata airbags to replace Takata airbags, knowing that they would fail in four or five years. So there were, another wave just came out with Subaru, uh, close to a half a million. My question is, what about the people that didn't bring their car back in. 
Uh, every time you replace these airbags uh, with uh, either temporarily good or better, uh, they're going to fail in four or five years. Um, only 25% of the people get them replaced in the first place. So of the, of the wave that they're replacing now, what about the ones that didn't come in for the first wave? I mean, uh, eventually you're going to have people out there with 10, 12, 15-year-old airbags that are truly, truly time bombs. The older the car, the more likely the thing's going to blow up and the less likely they'll ever have notification. Only one out of four airbags or recalls, period, ever comes in to get fixed. Yeah, right. And Subaru is not the only one doing that. Yeah. All the manufacturers have yes. been doing that since mm -hmm. this whole thing began. Yes. Including Toyota. We have, uh, we're have we on round two on some of the Toyota vehicles. They're some older of them ones, round but. three. Yeah. yeah. So I, I wasn't clear on that, too, when I was looking it up. So it could be worse than, um, than it looks here in the story. It was So of the Subarus, it might be that those were the ones that were fixed. That's still a half a million, which means the original batch, we're not even talking about the ones were, that were never touched. Never touched, yeah. 75% so. so, of them were never touched. People don't bring their cars in for recall. They just don't do it. Uh, part, of, part of it is ignorance. Part of it is apathy. Uh, par, part of it is a lack of the communication of the media, of the importance of it, action of our legislators. Uh, it's just, uh, this will go down as the biggest scandal of the 21st century. Oh, yeah. So uh, circling back to the question about which uh, manufacturers from Nancy's text that she got, um, here's, the, here's the data here, and this is the... It tells you how many cars sold versus how many recalls. So there's a, there's a percentage, and the highest percentage um, is, I think it is, it might be General Motors. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, it's Nissan with a seven. No, I'm sorry, Subaru actually has a 0.73 recall rate. Um, but I think the number one in terms of sheer volume is General Motors. But well, that's not fair because there's four or five car lines. That's the okay. Sierra, all right, right? All right, Well, it's still 93 million recalls. But if you pick Chevrolet or you pick Buick, I mean, okay. uh, you know, that's a... Well, I mean, but it's still the manufacturer. True. They, they're the ones who decided to put different stickers on the cars. True. <laughs> it's still that the same thing. That GMC, <laughs> is that the Sierra? Yeah, I think so. And then uh, uh, Toyota's up there, but with um, a uh, point... I'm sorry, they have a point eight recall rate. Um, BMW is a point nine. that's approaching 1% of all their cars are recalled. Ford is point nine three. Um, so, and, and, oh, I'm sorry, Mitsubishi, four point, I'm sorry, 1.09, so over 1%, and Hyundai with 1.15% uh, uh, recall What's rate. Honda? Honda is not as bad. Um, it is... They're the, highest in the <laughs> they're the highest in Takata, so that's the reason I, I thought that you would You know what? They're, they're not on the list here. So yeah. they're not in the top 15. So Hunt, I, Hunt, I, I, I think we have found an error in the stats. Colonel Google. Well, I, Colonel Google told me this is on Forbes. So. Oh, Forbes. Mm -hmm. Forbes made the mistake. Okay. Uh, we got a text from Justin Lin saying he's ready to go, and uh, I don't know that he's gotten through the switchboard yet. Why don't you run over and talk to the producer? Nancy. Oh, yes, Jonathan. Okay. Uh, uh, Justin, are you there? 
Yeah, if you're there, we can't hear you. Yeah. We're we're having phone problems, and I, uh, will, I can't run, but I will trot. Okay, okay, trot. <laughs> yeah, well, I get to we apo- my apologies to all our listeners because we we go into waves of technical problems. Our phones have been good for a while, and now we're back in the dumps, and we apologize and we do the best we can. We don't own this radio station, uh, we don't operate it, and all we can do is. Cry and complain and it's okay. Rick's got some, Rick's got questions and comments from YouTube. Okay, let's move along. Well, we, we've got uh, John Strine says just before your family vacation, I sent Stu an email, an example of purchasing a new Toyota from a Toyota dealer in Michigan that included an out the door price. It was almost exactly a thousand dollars less than your price. Yes. On one of the Saturday shows, Earl mentioned your dealership paid a premium for new cars because of the geographical area in which you do business. Exactly. Can you comment? Sure. Uh, Southeast Toyota LLC uh, has been an independent distributor since the late 60s, and uh, they're one of the few. There's one other, maybe two, but there's one other. uh, There's a Gulf States distributorship in the Texas area. And when Toyota first started in business, the manufacturer, uh, they, to get started, they uh, hired uh, independent distributors because they weren't big enough and uh, confident enough that they could penetrate the United States market. And most of those independent distributorships had been absorbed and bought up by Toyota. Southeast Toyota is an exception, and Gulf States Toyota is an exception. So as a middleman, Southeast Toyota, which is Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Alabama, all those states buy their cars from Southeast Toyota LLC. And Southeast Toyota LLC marks the cars up. And it's a percentage, but the average number is around $1,000, maybe a little less, uh, be a lot more on an expensive Toyota and a lot less on a less expensive Toyota. So therefore, uh, dealers in, let's say, uh, California or another state in Florida, Georgia, Alabama, you know, the southeast states, uh, they would pay um, considerably less for the car. So you're, you're, if you live out of the southeast, you should be able to buy a Toyota for a lot less. And we have Comas Shrestha. Sorry if I mangled your name there, sir. Uh, did Toyota stop making the four-cylinder Highlander? Yes. Yes, they did. Six-cylinder only now. I wonder what the reason for that was. I don't know, probably not, a, not, a, not enough power, I guess. It yeah, was people a, weren't buying it. I mean, yeah. I'll tell you what the reason was for. They weren't selling, selling them. Yeah, yeah. yeah who wants, you know, it's yeah. a pretty big SUV, you know, a little four-cylinder. Um, here's this from Kyle in Palm Beach uh, County. I have a 2016 Corolla that I want to sell and buy a new Prius or Corolla hybrid, but I don't want to buy the Prius for another nine to 12 months. But I want to get rid of the Corolla now because the insurance has cost me 160 bucks a month and I'm not using it. My question is: Will a dealer um, give me a good of a price on my 2016 Corolla that I'm selling now without buying a car right now, as you would if I was buying a car right now? You know, I'm missing out on, state, on the sales tax advantage, but the insurance and the depreciation savings is far more. Thank you, and Happy New Year's. Best news is this is the greatest time to get the most for your used car trade-in. You've got Carvana. You've got WeBuyAnyCar.com. You've got CarMax. We've got AutoNation. And a lot of dealers are buying cars yeah, you directly. you got AutoTrader. you got plenty of time, too. Yeah, you got a lot of time. So you can really... It's just a perfect time because one of the secret sources of profit for most car dealers for years and years and years was a trade-in. They would say, 
steal your trade. And they'd give you a great price on the new car, and then they would steal your trade coming in $2,000 below its true value. Now, there's no reason that can happen. You are armed. Carvana, WeBuyAnyCar.com, CarMax, AutoNation, most car dealers will give you a price on your car and get the highest price, and that's your trade-in value. Only caveat, you don't get the sales tax discount. Right. You don't get the you don't pay Florida sales tax on the trade-in value of your car. So you need to take that into account when you're comparing prices. Lady, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you're going to find all the answers that you need right here on Earl Stewart on cars, and uh, we definitely enjoy your company, and we also enjoy the fact that you inform us, and uh, we. We, we love our audience, so give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And don't forget, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. And we are going to go to Justin Lynn from New York. Good hey, morning, Justin. Hey, Justin. Let me set the stage a little bit for, for who you are. Uh, first of all, you're a personal friend of Nancy and me, and we've known you before you became a lawyer, and now you are licensed to do a, to be a lawyer in New York and Florida, and you're a defense lawyer, and you received an award recently, which just knocked me and Nancy right off our, our seats. Uh, you were named uh, the top 10 uh, defense lawyers under 40 years of age. I think that's fantastic, and I just wanted to congratulate you on the air. I appreciate that, Earl. Thank you very much. Well, you care about the people you... You can make a lot more money uh, chasing ambulances and going around and uh, maximizing your income, but you take care of people that uh, need help, and you really care about them, and you've called the show before. That's what we're... We kind of do the same thing a little bit with uh, buying cars, and you're talking about people that get themselves in trouble and defend them against uh, prosecution, and I respect that. Well, I appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, my main focus is helping people. So I, fo I have two different areas of law I practice, uh, criminal defense and personal injury. But I don't just take any and every case. I, sure. I focus on very specific cases where I can make a really big difference for somebody in their life. Sure. Uh, and, and, and particularly in, in criminal defense where I got this award from, um, I'm really uh, motivated to help people that getting the right result for them can have a life-changing uh, impact for them because uh, get, everybody at some point in their life makes some mistakes and whether you get caught or not is a different story and mm -hmm. when somebody gets caught with one of those mistakes sure. uh, they need somebody on their side to really help them and make sure that they get the right and fair uh, opportunity to have their case heard with the court system and make sure that they get the right result they need because not everybody needs to go to jail i think we could all agree on that absolutely well you you know you can't when we hire people at our dealership the one thing we can't train them to do the one thing we can't make them do is have empathy and honesty and transparency it's all in your heart uh i don't know whether it was your mother that raised you that way or whether it was just a genetic thing but people that really care for other people I think that's something you either have or you don't have. And lawyers uh, are so important to our society, but they're also a huge threat. I hate to look at television now because of the lawyers out there waving their arms and claiming they're going to give me a million dollars if I stub my toe at Publix. Uh, 
I can just tell by watching those advertisements, it's 90% about the money and not really about caring about me. And I just wanted to, uh, I don't normally plug people or products on the show, but uh, Justin Lynn, I'm, I'm plugging you. Uh, if you're someone that needs help in Florida or New York, uh, uh, I would recommend Justin Lynn as the attorney. And uh, do you mind giving them your contact information and how they, if they do need help from an honest lawyer that will really care about you, would you do that? Sure. My personal cell phone number is 561-756-1608. And you can find me online at justinlinlaw.com. My last name spelled L-I-N-N. And... I give everybody, all my clients get my personal cell phone number because your life, your case is important to me and I want to be able to talk with you and you need to be able to talk with me. If you ever have any problems or questions of how it works, we don't have, I don't have a paralegal that you call first, you call me directly. And you'll never hear that from another lawyer, folks. No. Uh, you'll never hear it from another car dealer. Uh, you know, we've given, <laughs> on this show, we've given our n cell phone numbers out. I remember the first, I did that on another radio station one time, and the guy almost uh, gagged me. He says, you, you don't really want to give your number out. But Justin Lynn's personal cell phone number, uh, personal injury and defense lawyer, Justin Lynn, L-I-N-N, is area code 561 756 1608, area code 561-756-1608. And only thing I can guarantee you is that he's honest and he really cares about you. And if that's important to you and a lawyer you hire, he's the guy you ought to hire. JustinLynnLaw.com. Easy to remember. J-U-S-T-I-N, Lynn, L-I-N-N, Law.com. Uh, I, I, I wish you the best, Justin. And thank you very much for listening to the show and for being a good person. And Justin, I, uh, this is Nancy. Uh, I just want to let you know uh, that uh, we thank you uh, for honoring us with your presence and uh, for all the work that you do and how passionate you feel about people. And uh, I want to thank you again for calling. Well, Thanks. Well, you know, I, I learned two things from both of you guys. Uh, one, one, I always try to take something from somebody, people I looked up, up to in my life. And one thing I learned from Earl is that you, you just got to be an honest person. Even if you're a big businessman, you just got to be honest and transparent. That's so super important. And the thing I learned from Nancy is you got to call people back. You can't, <laughs> you, can't just, you can't tell people you're going to do something and not call them back. I, I, that's all it is. You know, be honest and call people back, and you're going to be a, a successful person. Yeah, you got to let them know that their phone call was really important, and, you know, you're just not too big to do just that. It just doesn't happen every day. People are ignored. Okay, Justin. Thank you, Justin. Absolutely. Thank, thanks again for you being guys. who we are, and uh, anytime you want to call the show, uh, you have an open pass. We really enjoy talking to you. Great, guys. I appreciate it. Have a great day. You gotcha. too. Take care. That was Justin Lynn, and uh, he made the top, what was it, the top Top 10 defense under lawyer. 40, under 40. Under, under 40, 40 yeah. years And that's old. pretty big. Uh, he's either in New York or he flies back and forth, yeah. New York or Florida. And uh, he's uh, an amazing young guy. He was uh, amazing. Yeah.
Yeah, and he started right in our home. Yeah, started. Uh, not as an attorney. As, as an electrician. <laughs> started as a, he was an electrician when we knew him, yeah. I think he just used to come over because I would feed him. Yeah. <laughs> manja, manja. Come, and you had a lot of electrical problems, probably. We definitely do. Okay, yeah. back to business here. Yeah, I got a, I got a, we have a question on Facebook. It's from Timothy. It says, what constitutes a lemon? If infotainment doesn't operate correctly, a dealer refuses to address it, but it works fine in another of the same model, does that qualify as a lemon? Anything is a lemon that's under warranty in your car, and if your infotainment center is part of the manufacturer's warranty, then it is covered by the lemon law. Lemon law does not give you a new car to replace an old car if you would had the car for a while. It's a pro rata thing, so move quickly if you want to file for the lemon law. If you've had the car just a couple days, you can get about all your money back. If you've had the car for two and a half years and you got a three-year warranty, you'll get a small portion of the money back, assuming you prevail. Exactly. You got any, Rick? Uh, we're actually almost caught up. Uh, Kyle Smeltz says, wow, I learned something new today from that Southeast Toyota topic. The last thing the car business needs is another middleman. Thank you for the show, guys. Yeah, that's one of the best kept secrets. People don't like to talk about that, naturally. Um, my concern has always been for those uh, dealers that are on the border states. If you're, if you're in uh, North Carolina... Uh, what about the what is it? What are the border? What borders on North Carolina? Virginia and anything else? Can, I think Virginia, it's uh, Kentucky, to, uh, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, all yeah. right in that general yeah. area. Right from the West all now. those states up there uh, bordering. What about them that buy their cars for less money? And it might. Uh, I, I, they, Stu told me one they time. They work something out. They work something out. But, but even then, you keep you move the border. Yeah, the closer you are to the border, <laughs> the okay. more dicey it gets. Yeah, we got to look into that more. I'm really curious. I'll, I'll ask our sales rep if he can tell us. He, yeah. You know, it's not a proprietary, I don't think. Okay, um, we're going to go to Robert. Uh, he is holding from Jupiter. Good morning, Robert. Good Hello. Morning. Hey, hey, Robert. How can we help uh, you? Good morning. So my 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 little issue is is that. Um, I went on vacation on the 20th of December, and I took my car, and I parked it in front of a neighbor's house in, in Dania, Florida. And the car on the 23rd of December got flooded out, and my insurance company had it towed to the nearest uh, Kia dealership. And since the 23rd of, uh, of December through uh, this moment right now, I still haven't gotten my car back. And my concern is, is that uh, I... I really think that the car probably is flooded out so much to where the car should be totaled, but I don't know, uh, you know, what my ramifications are about, you know, not getting the car back because the car, the water came up uh, to above the uh, hubcap across the car, and so I know that the water got into the, you know, the driver's side and the passenger side and all that sort of stuff, and, and so... I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't want to be aggressive and, and mean and tough. I just, you know, want my car back. Sure. Uh, or, you, or get a new car or something. Who's your Who's your insurance company? Geico. Uh, yeah, I would stay. I would stay on top of Geico. Uh, they're a good insurance company, and uh, I would uh, let them know that you're going to insist the car be totaled and that you uh, be covered for replacement of your car, and. Uh, 
the last thing you want to do is have a car back with a question mark as to how bad the flood damage was. Water damage is something that can manifest itself weeks, months, or even years later. And if you've had water up to your hubcap, you don't know for sure uh, how much has really uh, bothered the car. Rick, am I right? Dead on. And my best recommendation is polite persistence. Yeah. And if you have to hire a lawyer, then uh, do that. But uh, most dealerships and manufacturers and insurance companies today understand water damage. And flood damage is something that is a huge problem in this country. An undetected, unlabeled flood damage car gets sold. It's nothing but problems. Uh, so they want to have that car totaled, and they want to have it scrapped, and uh, they don't want it coming back on the market again. So uh, let us know how you do with GEICO and with the dealership. I contact uh, also uh, other um, you might go, I don't know whose body shop or collision repair shop you have it in, but you might want to move it to another shop if you're not getting the kind of cooperation from the shop that you're dealing with. Yeah, and the insurance policy, I think, says that, you know, that uh, we will tow it and we'll tow it to the nearest uh, dealership. And so, you know, there it is. It's in, you know, down in Fort Lauderdale. Uh-huh. And, of course, I'm up here in Jupiter. And so the car there, and I've been waiting, you know, since, the, you know, since that there, uh, since the 23rd to get it back. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm Ubering because yeah. I don't have rental insurance on the, uh, on the car and all that. I never thought it would get flooded out or yeah. anything like that. And so... So I'm Ubering everywhere, you know, and it's just getting really frustrating. And, and the Kia dealership, you know, they, they contact me and say, hey, we should have an answer for you uh, tomorrow. Well, tomorrow passes. I don't hear anything. And then they get another call back. We'll have an answer. But, you know, and now I've spoken to a friend, uh, an acquaintance that owns Kia dealership in New Jersey. And he says, man, uh, no, you don't want that car back. No. Under any circumstances. He's so, absolutely right. You know, I think you're at the point now where you need to uh, talk to a lawyer. We just had a lawyer on um, the air a minute ago, and I can give you a cell phone right. number and name. Uh, he'll write you a letter uh, telling uh, the Kia collision repair shop in Fort Lauderdale uh, what's going on. And when you get a letter from an attorney, I, I don't think Justin Lynn will charge you very much at all. You got a pencil handy? Roger. Yeah, go ahead. This, uh, this number is for Justin Lynn, L-I-N-N. And his telephone number is area code 561-756-1608. Okay. Thanks. Sure. And uh, another thing, since you, I have a car loan on it, and if the car was totaled, does the entire car loan get taken care of, or do I still owe money on it and all that type of stuff? Would you have any idea about mm-hmm. that? It depends on if you have, uh, you know, what you have in the car. Right? Well, if it, they're going to they're going to pay for what they uh, what it's appraised for. You might owe more than that. If you have gap insurance, it would cover the difference there. If you don't, and it's worth uh, less than what you owe, you you're going to have to come out of pocket. How long have you been making payments yeah, on the car? I do have, I, yeah, I do. Uh, but uh, uh, it's a 2017 Kia Sportage, so I think I've been doing it almost two years, but I do have the gap insurance on the car. Okay, that's fortunate. That's what gap insurance is supposed to cover. So you're fortunate there, but give Justin Lynn a call and have a letter written to the collision repair shop and let him uh, explain to them that they need to move quickly or else he'll file suit. Okay, hey, thanks very much. You're welcome. Good luck. Bye-bye. 
Okay. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, this text is from Jennifer, and she wants to know why Carfax is not always accurate. Well, the answer is there's nothing that's always accurate, and Carfax is only good as the uh, information that they get. Uh, if a car is repaired not by an insurance company, uh, if there's no insurance involved, then people don't know. Someone has to report the repair to Carfax. In 99% of the cases, it is reported, but sometimes it's not. And uh, that's what you have to watch out for. Check with, uh, have your own mechanic check the car yeah, to be absolutely sure. It's known as garbage in, garbage out. Exactly. And not only is it accident repairs uh, or uh, accident being reported, it's also even recalls we've seen not show up on Carfax because it's up to the, I believe, the manufacturer to submit that information. Exactly. Okay, Jennifer, um, I think that we covered that. If you have any other questions, please call or uh, you can uh, text me. Okay. Right. We got one, one more. It's a good one. Good. Uh, it's from Mike. Earl, I just dealt with BS from Napleton Kia of Elmhurst in Illinois. Elmhurst. So, yeah, so Napleton is, is all over the place. Yeah. Uh, listed a great price on TrueCar, which seemed to be too good to be true. Mm -mm. Mm. Uh, so I kept emailing to get confirmation of the price listed. They stated I would at least get that price. And then I show up, and that price goes out the door. The salesman tells me, the internet department has no power to give or set prices, but then why do they have them at all? They also try to sell me <laughs> on the package you mentioned. I offered them $50 for it. I guess we're talking about the addendum, like that big uh, appearance yeah. package. I offered them 50 bucks for it since he said um, he had to include it. Um, who would you say I should contact about their poor business practices? Uh, I would contact the Attorney General in Illinois, and I would contact uh, everybody, the Better Business Bureau, County Office of Consumer Affairs. Uh, I would try to uh, go on the record with, uh, was this a, a Kia? Yeah, it was a Napleton Kia in Nap Elmhurst, Illinois. Yeah, I would uh, go to Kia, the manufacturer. Uh, uh, I think the more you embarrass them, even call the media. Uh, True Car, for sure, by the way. Uh, True Car is supposed to um, re control their dealers. And True Car does have a rule that says they cannot add dealer installed accessories or hidden fees to the True Car price. The True Car price, by rule with True Car, can only have government fees like sales tax and license plate. So report them to a whole bunch of people. It's hardly worth hiring a lawyer when you have something like this because it's uh, he said, she said, but I would certainly embarrass them and get them to come around. Yeah. We got one more that just popped in while we were talking. Okay. We got time. Yep. A couple of weeks ago, I started toying with the idea of selling my 1999 Miata, which my mechanic says is in outstanding shape. I cruised the internet for pricing. I only went to the sites that you've endorsed. I did send one or two on my email. The next day, I started getting, to get calls and emails from buying services that wanted to buy the car. The range of offers ranged between $400 and $600. I couldn't believe such lowballs. I was offered $4,000 locally. I told one guy on the phone that I would burn the Miata in the driveway before I'd give the, <laughs> him the car oh for such a ridiculous price and to never call again. So my question is, in your experience, do people really sell to these pirates? I guess you have to be outrageously strapped. I'm not sure what pirates he's referring to. I don't think he's referring to Carvana or CarMax or WeBuyAnyCar.com. Those are legitimate outfits. Yeah. Uh, there are people that make a living buying cars real cheap and then selling them at auction yeah. and uh, or to selling them to other people. Uh, 
the car selling of you know used car selling used to be so sloppy that even dealers got cheated by we call it wholesalers back in in my time when I before I recovered you know car wholesalers were all thieves and uh, we finally woke up as car dealers we were thieves too but uh, but we were uh, we were told that uh, wholesalers were bribing our used car managers to be able to pay us too little for cars that they bought from us. They call themselves wholesalers. So, but the whole since that time, the uh, status of wholesaling cars has become almost honest. Most of our selling of used cars now is online. You can check used car values very easily, and you can get multiple bids on your used car. But a phone call from somebody that wants to buy a Miata for uh, $400, you know, you're right, that is a joke. Yeah, I, and I think uh, he, he wasn't specific. He said it was just the sites we recommend, yeah. so maybe they got a bad... I don't know. I can't answer that. But if it's yeah. Carvana or something like that, who knows? Yeah, Carvana will. Yeah, they'll give you a quote over the over the phone. But it's legitimate. They're a publicly traded company, and every experience we've had or heard about with Carvana has been honest. Yeah, and I'd also just triple check the information you supplied online because there could have been a if you had an extra zero in the mileage that could yeah. affect it. You know what they, yeah. uh, you know what they tell you. Yeah. Okay, we yeah, ready? I think so. For the mystery shopping report? I can't wait. This is the highlight of the show. If you just tuned in, you are in luck. Uh, we have sent an undercover secret agent into a South Florida dealership. This particular South Florida dealership is Mercedes-Benz of Delray, and that is an AutoNation store. AutoNation is the largest retailer of vehicles in the United States, and uh, they're a publicly traded company. Uh, it was announced that another 10 million vehicles have been added to the Takata recall list this week. This brings this, the count to well over 50 million. The number of defective inflator units has actually exceeded 100 million. And that's the reason we went after a Takata car at AutoNation. And the history of AutoNation is interesting because a few years ago, when Michael Jackson was the CEO of AutoNation, he would not sell a car with a defective recall, dangerous recall. And he rescinded that about the year after it because of what? Publicly traded company, it was hurting their profits. So he had to start selling dangerous cars again. The new round of recalls include vehicles manufactured by BMW, Fiat, Chrysler, Honda, and Subaru. What is notable about the current batch, now listen carefully, what is notable about the current batch of recalls is that these vehicles were already recalled for the same thing four years ago. You say, what? Yeah. They were called four years ago for defective Takata airbags, but repaired, and you're not going to believe this, repaired using Takata airbag recalls with the same defect. Yeah. They were bad. Uh, noise heard. We're having a uh, problem here with double noise in the studio. I hope you can hear me okay. So four years ago, the airbag was recalled, replaced with other defective airbags, and now they're being recalled again. Sounds like, uh, I don't know. This doesn't tell you the Takata airbag crisis uh, isn't going away anytime soon. I don't know what will. I, I just know that I'm, I'm embarrassed that our legislators and our regulators and the media are not, aren't doing more about it. Now think about this. Four years ago, these uh, Subarus were recalled for defective airbags. Only one out of four of these owners brought the car in. 
three out of four, didn't pay any attention to it, never got it, or for some reason the airbag was not fixed. Statistically, 25% of recalls come in, 75% don't come in. So now we have a second wave of recall. Now, the same thing's going to be there. 25% will get them fixed, 75% won't. So you have a pool, a continuous running pool of airbag recalls that are getting older and older and older. Four years old, eight years old, 12 years old. And these bags, uh, airbags become extremely sensitive on age. At some point, these are going to start exploding all over the place. Rick? I almost wonder if maybe the, the, the big powers that be are playing that game of hoping that a good majority of these cars will wind up in the scrapyard yeah, yeah. before they ever have to be fixed for real. Yeah, they won't drive them forever, and they eventually they disappear. Yeah. I mean, cars aren't, unless they become antiques. They, so. they get crashed, yeah. they wind up just wearing out. Out of sight, out of mind, yeah. yeah. They're not going to have to pay for it, that's the whole thing. Yeah. They don't have to pay for it because people don't care about it, that's apathy. Uh, they're not smart enough to appreciate the severity of it, uh, that's ignorance. Uh, and they don't get notified, and that's a lack of efficiency on notifying people by the manufacturers. There's too many reasons why these cars aren't being fixed. Sometimes I think that we're so overloaded, and this might be the reason, with information by the media, uh, there's an endless assault of bad news on our smartphones and television. I honestly don't like to turn on the TV. Uh, I don't like to, you know, there's so much bad news all the time, and the media is pushing the bad news that gets attention. You know, what gets attention? Uh, if it uh, bleeds, it leads. What? The saying is, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah, it bleeds, it leads. You know, if, if you have something <laughs> that is tragic and gets people's attention, they will advertise it. If people get apathetic about something, uh, it doesn't sell newspapers, is an old expression, because there aren't any newspapers anymore, not literally, of It doesn't get clicks anymore. Exactly, mm -hmm. clicks anymore. Uh, that's where we are. I can't imagine 20 or 30 years ago a consumer safety crisis of this magnitude being greeted with the same level of apathy as the Dakota airbag recall. We haven't seen a single major political figure, state or federal, say a damn thing about it. Not one governor, not DeSantis for Florida or the other 49 states, have put out a statement, has put out a statement, uh, not, not the president, uh, I've heard no other governors. I've heard nobody talk about it. Politicians. We search for that. Don't want them. I, I searched for that to see yeah. if there was any statements on Takata yeah. by any yeah. major political. I couldn't find any. Yeah. So what does that tell you, folks? When there is a fatality involving an airliner, everything stops. Listen to this. The world's media focuses on it. There are investigations, press conferences. Sometimes the fleet's grounded, like in the Boeing case until the cause of the crash is identified and fixed. There, I, didn't, I didn't realize this. Stu wrote this, by the way. I didn't realize this. There have been exactly zero airliner fatalities in the U.S. in the last 10 years. That's correct. No fatalities from airline crashes in the last 10 years. During the same period of time, there were at least 25 known deaths by defective to cut airbags. What's wrong with this picture? Now, there's something else wrong with that picture. I guarantee you, for every 25 fatalities, there's another 2,500 fatalities that we don't know about. Think about it. A fatal crash on the interstate. 
uh, a, a scramble of, I hate to say it, blood and machines. And when you have a terrible accident where the airbags go off, it's pretty difficult for anybody, autopsy or otherwise, uh, law enforcement, first responders, all they see is a lot of dead people and dead parts of people. It's a terrible, gruesome scene. Who knows what caused the death? There is not an investigation. And we know that when these airbags go off, at least a part of the time, they're exploding the inflator uh, made of steel, which is sending shrapnel into the cockpit of the car. And we know there are far more than 25 people killed. And so therefore, it's being ignored and it's being ignored wrongly. Uh, in light of the recent Takata announcement, we chose to make our weekly mystery shop another Takata test. We went into Mercedes-Benz of Delray and AutoNation store. We found a 2014 Jeep Wrangler with a Takata airbag recall being offered for sale uh, by Mercedes-Benz of Delray and AutoNation store, as I just said. We have never shopped before. We haven't shopped them yet. We sent in Agent Tempest, a new female uh, and very pregnant, Mr. Shopper. And Nancy will appreciate that because she's been begging us to send in some female shoppers, and we did. And our secret name is Tempest. Uh, and as I say, she was obviously pregnant. Here's the report as if, as if I were Tempest. How many months? Seven months. Seven months. That's obviously yeah. pregnant. I arrived in Mercedes-Benz of Del Rey, and I was seven months pregnant. I feel funny saying that. Uh, this afternoon to see about the 2014 mm. Jeep Wrangler Sahara. The lot was packed with vehicles, so I circled twice to find a parking place. I walked inside the showroom. It was filled with new Mercedes and looked very busy. I made eye contact with a salesman who was sitting at his desk. I thought he'd jump up to greet me, but he looked back down and continued to do whatever it was he was doing. That's interesting. A lot of thoughts run through my mind when I hear that. He was waiting for her husband to show up. I, I don't know. Or maybe uh, the I'm fact that it was female. I, I don't know. Uh, or it's a Mercedes dealership. Maybe she wasn't dressed uh, to make her, him in think. In her notes, that, she felt she had been profiled. Yeah, profiled. Yeah. So I went over to the front desk or reception and asked about the used vehicle. The receptionist was nice and said she'd find something for me. I excused myself to use the restroom. When I got back, she still had not found a salesperson who would help me. She apologized, walked around from behind the desk, and walked into the showroom. She returned with a guy who had ignored me uh, when I walked in a few minutes earlier. His name was Oliver. Oliver at uh, Mercedes of Del Rey. Yeah, let's call him Ollie. Ollie, Oliver. I told him I was there. Like the cat. Yeah. I so we know Oliver saw saw her right. and didn't want to help her. He, he, maybe he was maybe he was texting somebody. Could be, yeah. I told her I was there to get the uh, 2014 Jeep I'd seen online. Oliver asked me if I was planning to go on buying to planning on buying today. Standard operating question: Are you going to buy today? I told him I'm making my decision this afternoon. If I liked the Jeep and the price didn't change from what I'd seen on the web, I would have I would leave to get my husband and return to take delivery. Oliver gathered some information from me, made copies of my driver's license and car insurance card, and then left to get the vehicle. It was back in about five minutes, led me outside, we circled the Jeep, and he told me about the quality of their used car vehicles, their inspection process. I told Oliver that safety was my top concern and pointed to my very noticeable baby. 
bump. Probably patted my belly, my baby tummy. bump. Yeah, uh, baby bump. You know, I'm seven months pregnant. Oliver laughed, said, "Of course." I asked him if there were any safety issues. Uh, he replied that it, it went through a thorough safety inspection, the 2000, uh, what did I say, 14, 14. G, and said that if they considered any vehicle to be unsafe, it would be taken immediately to the auction to be sold at wholesale. Really hammering the safety. We took it for a ride down US-1. I asked if it had ever been in an accident. Oliver said he wasn't sure, but that information would be on the Carfax report. I asked him if it had been... Uh, yeah, go ahead. I asked him if an accident would be considered a safety. Uh, yeah. I asked him if it had been a safety issue, and it would be. Okay, yeah. Um, and would it pass their safety inspection? Oh, here we are. Yeah, an accident could pass their safety inspection because he replied that it wouldn't necessarily make the vehicle unsafe, which is true. It would depend on the severity of the accident. He said it wouldn't be unusual for a 2014 vehicle in South Florida to have been an accident. I don't know about that. Uh, I get his point. I asked him about mechanical problems, and Oliver reiterated his points about the inspection process at Mercedes-Benz of Delray. Back at the dealership, we sat down at his desk. Oliver got straight to the Carfax report on the computer screen. He was happy to point out that it was an excellent report, one owner, vehicle, and no accidents. Other, uh, Oliver paused, frowned a little, and then did say, there does appear to be one recall. I asked him what he meant by that. He said that this could mean different things, but in any case, all I would have to do is take it to a Jeep dealer and it would be resolved free of charge. He scrolled down to the detail area and uh, there it is in my re report, manufacturer safety recall, passenger airbag inflator. Oliver didn't read it to me. Uh, he said there was no mention of airbags. Instead, he said, good news, and reported there was a remedy, and it could be fixed. I asked him if the dealership could fix it for me. He said it would need to be done at the manufacturing dealer, which is true. Uh, a Jeep has to be fixed by a Jeep dealer. But if we were moving forward with a deal, he could ask his manager if they could send it over to the Jeep dealer for me to get uh, before I picked it up, and I thanked him. Uh, and, of course, my editorial comment is, you should have sent it over when you treated the car in or when you bought the car. But he addresses it in the next line. Yes, he does. <laughs> uh, Oliver added that under, until the vehicle is under purchase, they don't fix these things, which is just stupid. I mean, I don't want to be rude, but uh, that's just stupid. Uh, if you fix it, it eliminates the possibility of error. It costs you nothing to fix it because the manufacturer pays for the recall. It costs them the opportunity. They want that thing yeah. on the lot being yeah. ready for sale. Yeah, for, for a day or two. Yeah. Rick? If I was a customer walking in there and Oliver said to me, hey, on the Carfax, it shows this recall, but we've already had it over there and fixed. Yeah. It just hasn't updated yet, but it's already been repaired. Yeah. I would be much more likely to sign on that dotted line it's and a whole lot you, faster. Save you the time. I'd, I mean, I'd be yeah, ecstatic at that. Time is money. That's the reason Mercedes-Benz of Delray didn't want to spend the time because time is money. They'd rather the, their customer spend the money on the time than them. And they don't care if the customer doesn't get it fixed at all. And 75% of the time, they don't get cars fixed. And so... It's just terrible. Uh, sad reflection on AutoNation. Sad reflection on Mercedes-Benz of Delray. 
Oliver asked if I was going to finance or pay cash. I said I was probably paying cash, but I'd like to get an idea of payments because I may consider financing. He said he would uh, go get the numbers, caution me on that the payment I would see would be a little inflated. Oliver explained that on their menu sheet, they use the average South Florida interest rate to come up with the payments. My real payment could be based on my credit profile. You know, they could be in place or they could be too low. Your credit might not be so good, in which case the payments would be higher. So he didn't point out that. He's a salesman. That's okay. Puffery. You try to make things look. Class is half full. Class is half full. In a few minutes, he was back with a worksheet. He was honoring the online price of $28,490. But he added, here we go, hidden fees, $799 documentation fee, and a $149 tag agency fee. Can you say that again the same way? <laughs> Probably not. Documentation <laughs> fee. Yes. Uh, 799 plus 149 equals 948 So there's $948 in hidden profit on this car, hidden by AutoNation. Florida State Law, you ready for this, AutoNation? A publicly traded company. You are big guys, biggest retailer. You're breaking the law. You're breaking the law. You have to include the dealer fees, hidden fees, in the advertised price. He advertises online, and the customer, me, the shopper, did not find out about this until I'm trying to sign in. I'm trying to buy the car. Violating the law. Okay, so he put these in there. I knew they were hidden fees. I was instructed to take note of. I told him that everything uh, lined up as I had hoped. I said I'd be back to pick up my husband and we'd return for the final paperwork. Oliver said he would have everything ready for me, thanked him, left. He didn't say anything about sending the Jeep out to repair the airbag. And I can tell you this, if I'm coming back that night, he ain't going to have that airbag fixed because he, that would be too fast. Typically, it would take a day or two. And unfortunately, uh, when somebody comes in from another dealership with a uh, product you know, from the Jeep dealer, they go at the back of the line. The Jeep dealer naturally puts his customers at the front of the line to get things fixed. So it could take a day or two. Time is money, money is time, and that Jeep would not be fixed. When I came back, would he deliver it to me? I believe he would, absolutely. Epilogue. Uh, and of course, the final word, he never did say anything about the airbag. Uh, Mercedes-Benz of Delray uh, failed the Takata test. The disclosure was weak. I uh, did nothing to really alert us about the present, uh, uh, alert our pregnant mystery shopper, the actual a danger imposed by the six-year-old unstable hand grenade in the front seat of the car. Uh, the officer take the vehicle to the Jeep dealer was nice. Uh, nice touch may have led to a passing grade if they actually did it, but we know they would, probably wouldn't have done it. It's just not good. And uh, we're at scoring time again, and it's always uh, a struggle. They're coming in. The grades are flowing. Okay. Uh, Linda, who is my favorite grader, gives, a, gives us an A-plus for the show. Oh. And a huge chubby F uh, for Mercedes-Benz of Del, Del Rey. She's doing a variation on her, her big big fat F, so it's a huge chubby F. Uh, Nathan gives him an F. Dan gives him a D. Gay gives him an F. Lindsay gives him an F. And then Doug, hey Doug, gives him an F. And Ollie also gives him an F. Oh, oh no. They didn't do well. I don't think cats are registered to vote in Florida. 
Well, this is an informal vote, so. That's true. I'll, I'll take it. He has to be safe, too. <laughs> Ollie doesn't. Uh, Ollie's, he's not a, Ollie's not going to get in there. He's car. a special cat. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I give him an F, too. Really? Yeah. Rick? I'm, I'm going to go a little higher on the curve. I'm going to give him a D, because I, I think they actually, he did mention the recall. Uh, they should have taken care of it, but he actually did mention it, which most of them just gloss it. They they won't even mention it. So, I, I yeah, I, I was I, my my harshness comes from the fact that she was pregnant, and I'm like, come on, have a heart. Yeah, you know. By the way, Amory chimes in. She gives him a big fat F. Too, yeah, so. yeah. And Mark Ryan says F. Boy, uh, you know, I hate. I, I'm 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 getting tired of using the word curve, and I, but I, I have to be fair. Uh, if you're going to buy. Let's say you want to buy a Mercedes. Um, you have to buy it somewhere. And I got to believe if we shopped the other Mercedes stores, in fact, I know we have shopped yeah. Palm Beach Mercedes, yep. and they're actually worse. Uh, and uh, there were issues with Palm Beach Mercedes that were really troubling, uh, as I recall. And I just can't say to the buyers of Mercedes in Florida, in Florida, that there's no place you could buy a car. I have to, I have to say a D, and I have to say, uh, we'll put them on the recommended list, but buyer beware, you know, if you're worried about your safety of you and your family, and if you're a pregnant woman and you're gonna go buy a car, just think about that. Uh, this was a passenger side airbag, by the way, and what about a year that baby would be in a car seat on the passenger side? In the back seat. In the back seat. It has to be in the back yeah. seat, yeah. Rear facing. Uh, yeah. Um, Karen um, from Echinar, Michigan, gives him an F. Yeah, but and uh, John gives him a D, and Tim a D plus. Yeah, so it's a it's a tough pass, and uh, we'll pass him. But it is uh, brings a tear to my eye that you do that to a pregnant woman. Uh, it's just sad, and uh, the power of the buck, the almighty dollar. That's right. Damn shame. Yeah. Hey, on on a quick related note, John Strine's asking. Why are hidden fees so prevalent here in Florida in comparison to where I'm originally from, Michigan? Because of the lack of regulation and enforcement and the, the, uh, and the, and the, uh, the law is very sketchy. Uh, it's too easy to circumvent. Uh, for example, in Florida, there is no cap. You know, I almost choke when I say that. You can charge a million dollar dealer fee if you want to. Uh, you can charge... Uh, you could call that dealer fee anything. You could call it uh, Campbell's baked beans. You can call it uh, Jerry. Uh, you, can, you can call it Charlie. Yeah. Uh, you can you can name your hidden fees anything you want, and you can have multiple hidden fees. So in Florida, it's a wild, wild west of hidden fees, and all the car dealers in Florida. I think we have a lot of dealers coming to Florida just so they can. Right. Ride the wave. Right. No regulation, think, no enforcement of the law. What an opportunity. And yeah. opportunity to Absolutely. lie, cheat, and steal. It's like the and, gold rush. Yeah. The, the <laughs> dealer so, fees represent all the profit to the car dealers now. Exactly. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'll go ahead and vote also. Uh, you know, that's a slap in the face when you walk into a dealership and you get ignored. 
uh, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I give them an F. And uh, we have come to a close. We have run out of time. And I want to thank everyone here. Uh, Jonathan helping, Nick, and Stu, Rick, myself, and most of all the star of the show, Earl Stewart. We enjoy your company. Stay tuned next week. At the same time, we'll see you then. Let's go.